Welcome back to the Time Out Podcast. It's Christian Panias and Jack Bernie. It's been a long time since we recorded, but how are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing good today, CP. Uh, our first recording as college students. Uh, this is a landmark in the Time Out's history, and I'm excited for, this, for today's episode. It is a landmark. I'm here at Indiana University, and Jack, where are you at? I'm here at Boston College. Uh, you know, we're we're, a few, we're not very close anymore, CP. You know, not not in our usual rise setups, but uh, we can still make this work. It's been about 700 miles apart. I mean, we've had a, a long way since our last episode in March. Jack and I had a great success, I think, uh, announcing the Rye Boys Lacrosse and Rye Girls Lacrosse, especially Rye Boys, and the route to their section championship. So we've been active, just been busy with other stuff, and we're very excited to rejoin the timeout. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a lot of fun announcing lacrosse. Uh, hopefully they'll be good again this year. We can go watch some games when we're back. But yeah, I mean, a new NBA season is upon us, and there's a lot of different storylines to talk about. One of them, I know, being Ben Simmons and CP. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on that if you if you want to give, give them give them to us. Ben Simmons has to be – I don't know how to be kind in this uh, scenario, Jack. I think he has to be one of the biggest crybabies the NBA has ever seen. He is – I think Lonzo Ball, I saw a tweet from Charles Barkley shows – uh, that uh, he has no work ethic. Lonzo came in the league with a jump shot that was like from the side of his hip, and Ben Simmons, and he's and Ben Simmons came in the jump shot that wasn't good, didn't look good, but looked like he could improve it. Lonzo Ball is now shooting forty five percent from three. Ben Simmons isn't playing right now, and he's not playing because uh, he's uh, has mental issues. He's playing because he doesn't want to be there. How is it all of a sudden that? Uh, you say you do not want to be there, but you're working out every single day and you're mentally sharp. And then all of a sudden, the Sixers say, we're not paying you $300,000 or refining you $300,000 a day not to be there. Then all of a sudden, you have mental problems. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to shit on Ben Simmons for uh, that part of it, but I, I don't like this uh, whole drama that's been going on. I think that he has no work ethic. And I think when you have a teammate, to Joel Embiid, who's been loyal to him for so long, saying, I don't really care about that man. He does whatever he wants. You show up to practice with a phone in your pocket moving around like you're in the third grade uh, uh, three-man weave drill. It's honestly pretty pathetic for a guy that was supposed to save the Sixers from the process. And he's it's just a whole uh, – it's amounting and amounting. Like, I used to give a lot, Ben Simmons a lot of credit for saying he uh, he, he gets, doesn't get enough credit for doing the things he does well versus things he does bad. He is really is a good defender and sees the floor well. When you can't make a jump shot out of two feet and you're refusing to work, it's honestly ridiculous at this point. Like Even when he worked with NBA skills trainer Drew Hanlon, Drew Hanlon said that Ben Simmons was lazy and he did not take criticism well. You can't be a max contract player and not take criticism well at this point in your career. He was compared to LeBron James at one point. I don't think people – uh, remember that for how much he's fallen. And I just think he's a whole cancer on the NBA right now and the Sixers. And I really, and he, he, he treats himself as if he's James Harden, where James Harden's a proven MVP, 35 points, three game score. And he's telling the Sixers, it's not my fault to rebuild your value. Well, what team is going to want you then, Ben? I don't know uh, what your end goal is in this whole uh, fiasco, but I really think that uh, you need to get it, your head out of your ass and uh, start showing up or uh, it's going to be a long uh, career for you or a short career for you, but long in terms of uh, a lot of me- mental, uh, long mental season for you, Ben. Yeah. I mean, I agree for the most part. I think Ben Simmons, like it was, he, so basically this whole like timeline, he just, he, after the Sixers lose game seven to the Hawks in the Easter Conference semifinals, Ben Simmons is like, okay, um, 
I'm done after Doc Rivers and Jordan Beats comments that they can't win with this type of point guard. So Ben Simmons wants out. We've seen this in the NBA a hundred times where like star player wants wants to leave. And so Sixers, you know, try to trade him, I guess. Trade market value isn't really there because Ben Simmons played so poorly in that Sixers Hawk series. So I mean, and now Ben Simmons, once he realizes that he's not gonna get paid, again, as you said, all of a sudden he has mental issues, which I don't wanna criticize him for having, if he actually does have mental issues, because that's like a real thing. But if Ben Simmons is just purely making that up for the sake of not having to play, then that's just disrespectful to all the players who actually do have mental issues or other athletes who actually have mental health issues in professional sports. So it's not for me to say if he actually does or does not have these mental issues, but it does seem a bit suspect that all of a sudden they come out right when he is not going to get paid. And we just saw he got fined for missing their last game, like $300,000 or something. So once they start adding up, we could possibly see him come back because he, like any human, he doesn't want to lose out on this much money. I mean, so I certainly would not want to lose on that much yeah. money, but it's it's just ridiculous to me, Jack. I remember when Ben Simmons and the Eastern Conference Finals, he did a spin move layup. I remember watching it with you, and we were like, how on earth did he not dunk that? He passes it off to, I think it was Matisse Teibel. Matisse Teibel, yeah. And I remember one of our good friends, a big Sixers fan, I just remember the look on his face was just his jaw dropping. Like, he is so unconfident. It's honestly crazy that, like, he's fallen to this point. Like, I remember him at LSU. Like, his team sucked, but, like, he was a superstar. Everybody loved him. And it seemed like Joel Embiid liked him. And I don't even know what to say about him at this point. He's taken, he's taken a fall that is unlike some other players that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, at what point do we call him a bust? I mean, I know you're big on the bust word. Um, I am big like, on the bust he's word. Been, he's been a two-time All-Star. He's been one of the best defensive players in the league. But if he's literally not playing and he's afraid to dunk the ball when he's wide open, I mean, this is almost like – this reminds me of Markel Fultz, who, like, literally could not shoot a free throw. And that's mental in Markel Fultz. Ben Simmons not being able to dunk when it's a wide-open lane. That seems mental to me too. So I feel like there are a lot of similarities here. And I don't know, Ben Simmons, he, you're right. He's, he's fallen so far off, off a cliff that I don't know if he's ever going to make it back or if his career is ever going to like recover from this. Cause this is crazy. Daryl Morey literally said that this might take a while. This might take four years. Cause Daryl Morey is not just going to trade Ben Simmons for a bag of chips. He's going to want real value back or he's going to want Ben Simmons to actually play on the team that he signed a five-year extension for and Daryl Morey is totally in the right here. So yeah, if you look at Daryl Morey's history, he's a deal maker as Colin Coward calls him. He's traded for Chris Paul, traded for Russell Westbrook. He brought Mm -hmm. in James Harden, traded uh, James Harden away, traded James Harden away. He traded Capella, brought in Dwight Howard. Like he is not a man that's afraid to make a move. But when you're trading, as Jack said, for Ben Simmons for a half jar of mustard pickles, like there's honestly no way that, uh, it's just not – It's not only is it not Daryl Morey like, it's just not – you can't run a team like that. And I want to get into something else now. Somehow the Philadelphia 76ers are 7-2 and two without Ben Simmons. And I think they have the best record in the NBA as of right now. Let me check on that. Yep, best – or the tie with the Jazz. The Jazz are 7-1, and played one less game. But do the Sixers need uh, – not Joel Embiid, obviously need him. Do they need Ben Simmons? I say no at this point. Um, well, I don't think with or with or without Ben Simmons, I don't think they're talented enough to uh, win the championship, which is should be their goal. But um, I don't, yeah, that's the thing. I think their best move would honestly be to trade Ben Simmons for 
a good piece, but I, it's just I don't think they can get a good piece back. Like, let's say I saw one potential trade, which I really liked. Like, if they traded Ben Simmons, they'll say the Pacers for either Malcolm Brogdon or Karis LeVert. Um, I think if the Sixers get a guard like that and pair him, pair that guard with Seth Curry, who's been phenomenal this season, and then obviously superstar Joel Embiid, that would be their best chance to, to make a run to the finals. But I just don't think either way with Ben Simmons, it was always a flaw, Simmons and Embiid playing together. Like, And now yeah. all of a sudden, like, the Sixers want Ben Simmons back so badly. I think it's because they know that they're not talented enough, even like without him. But even with him, it's not, it's not enough. But he yeah. definitely he definitely adds definitely adds value to them. Great defender. It's just I don't know if you want that type of like stigma around the team if Ben Simmons really doesn't care, which doesn't seem like he does. That could make a team's chemistry completely fall apart. So in that regards, I don't know if you want him back to just ruin the team's morale. That's a good point. I didn't even think about like how the Sixers t- are talented enough. I just thought it was pretty impressive. They were seven and two without him. I say that if they could trade him for just a bunch of shooters, like you said, that would be a great thing. Just put them around Joel Embiid. But one uh, report I've been reading and kind of died down recently was that if Ben Simmons is traded, which pretty much they want him gone and he wants to be gone, uh, Rich Paul wants Tyrese Maxey out for apparently no reason just because they're the clients. And I think that's kind of ridiculous on Rich Paul's part. And also tell his clients, do not go to the Sixers. And Rich Paul has a lot of power in NBA circles. Like, Tyrus Maxey's a great relationship with uh, Philadelphia. And he's loved by the people there. He loves playing there. And because Ben Simmons is lazy at this point, I was going to call him lazy, he has to leave too, which not only is going to hurt his career, I think, I think the Sixers are a perfect situation for him. It's going to hurt... Uh, the Sixers as a team because they have to get rid of two players for one. I mean, I hope this report doesn't uh, come yeah, to reality. Of, I've had enough of Rich Paul. I think that guy thinks he has way too much power in this league and that he controls, like, teams and stuff. No, you're an agent for one player, like, yeah. or for many players. But in this case, just Ben Simmons. Like, you – like, he, he's uh, AD's agent, right? Anthony yeah, Davis. he's completely butchered that, that That whole trade fiasco with Anthony Davis when he was on the Pelicans – that, that was it was kind of similar to this, but Anthony was literally just sitting out games because he wanted to get traded. Pelicans fans only to the Lakers too. Anthony Davis to the Lakers, like, like that shouldn't happen. A player shouldn't be sitting out because they don't want to play for a team. They should suck it up and play. And if they get traded, great. So yeah. Rich Paul, I mean, I think he thinks he has too much power. I'm sure he's a great guy, but it's, again, that Tyreek's Max Maxi thing, like he, he has no control over him. Like, yeah, that's, that's not fair. If I was Tyrese Max, unless you're super, super, super happy with Rich Paul, I would just uh, hire a new agent at this point. Hire yeah. Jay-Z and Rock Nation Sports because Rich Paul <laughs> seems that he, as you said, uh, he thinks that he's like the owner of every NBA team and player, uh, which is kind of uh, which is kind of ridiculous if you ask me. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think something similar to this Ben Simmons situation, it's similar and different. The way you look at it is Kyrie Irving. I mean, Kyrie Irving isn't playing games. He isn't. He's getting paid, kind of, but he's he's getting paid for home game for he's getting paid for away games. Not getting paid for home games. Oh, really? Um, he's getting paid for yeah, home, away games. He, yeah, because uh, technically he could be playing away games. Oh, okay. The Nets didn't want him like part of the team at all because they're, they're not gonna have like a part time like, player. That's just stupid. Um, See, so, yeah, I mean, with Kyrie, obviously, I wish he were to get vaccinated, but. Yeah, I just I, – I think – and I think Kyrie – I do wish he would get vaccinated, but here's my thing. Like, Kyrie Irving, he talked about in his live stream that he wants to be a voice for the voiceless. 
like a voice for the people who are losing their jobs who aren't vaccinated, which is fine. But I think a more effective way for Kyrie Irving to do that would be if he were to get vaccinated, play for the Nets like he should be. And then every post-game press conference, he talked about he talked about these issues that he wanted to talk about, kind of like how the NBA, NBA players would in the past few years about racial issues when they would talk to reporters about that. Because right now, Kyrie Irving isn't talking to anyone. He's had one Instagram live stream where he was really vague on a lot of different topics. If he was actually playing on the Nets and talked to, talk to the press about being a voice for the voiceless, I think he would have a lot more impact than what he's doing right now. Yeah, I never understood his live stream being a voice for the voiceless. I don't. Th- I think he's the furthest thing from a voice to the voiceless, in my opinion, because he still has hundred million dollars sitting in the bank, where the people he's claiming to be a voice for pretty much have nothing. And uh, I think he. I think he. Like I don't really have respect for him in any sort of way. Like I mean, I think the rules are dumb. Like I was saying, everyone should be vaccinated, but like. Uh, I don't think it, I think they're in the wrong. The New York City Department of Health, whoever put in the regulation, but Kyrie Irving, he's he's just been a drama queen everywhere he's gone. Like he started off with the Cavs, him wanting out, then he goes to the Celtics, they play great, then all of a sudden he plays bad, he wants out. The Celtics fans hate him. Then he signs with the Brooklyn Nets, he's disappeared, pretty much last year. He disappeared his first year, and all of a sudden he's gone again. Like honestly, at this point, I think that the Brooklyn Nets are looking at this did really or who, not only the Brooklyn Nets, but the 20 other teams in the NBA, who wants to take on his drama? Like, he could be gone in pretty much any second at this point. And even if um, he's traded out of the Nets, who's to say that other cities in the U.S. aren't going to put in regulations like this one? Like, it's really uh, get vaccinated, Kyrie, or you have a good chance not to be playing the league pretty soon at this rate. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he plays another game as a Brooklyn Net. Um, unless he, unless the rules change or he gets obviously gets vaccinated, but I don't think he's going to get vaccinated because he's just like that. He's going to be stubborn his own way. Like if you, if he had that idea to get vaccinated, he would have done it already. So if he hasn't done it yet, he's not going to do it. So, and I think if the Nets trade him, which I feel like every day is getting more and more likely, I I could see him retiring because clearly basketball isn't the most important thing for him. Yeah, it's not. I don't so, know what what Kyrie values and what he doesn't. He's a very weird dude, honestly, in my opinion. Great basketball mean, player. But. Yeah, people say that the Nets should regret signing him. I mean, we got Kevin Durant because we signed Kyrie. So, and now we have Harden. But obviously, it's 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 kind of annoying to have Kyrie on this huge contract and he's not playing. And we might trade him. So at this point, I wouldn't be mad if, if the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Mark traded him. Yeah, I mean, they're still a championship contender. Honestly, probably is still a favorite without him. But uh, yeah. It's definitely fine. Hey, he, he would definitely he would definitely help though if he came back. Kyrie, so if you want to come back, well, all the Nets fans will welcome you. Yeah, I'd well. I just think I want him to be playing just for the league and everything. I just, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not going to change my point of it being ridiculous that he's not. Well, enough with uh, the Kyrie Irving chat. Let's talk about the other team in New York City, the the New York Knicks. Nothing makes me happier than the Knicks doing well. It's honestly, it, it's honest, it's honestly a great thing for the city. It's and a rare sight. A rare sight, Jack said, especially in our lifetime. And right now, I think a lot of people this year thought the Knicks were going to fall off a little bit. And uh, I'm honestly, I can't tell you how happy I'm that they haven't. They're starting off pretty good, pretty good to start the really good start to the season. 
at six and three, had a huge comeback win against the reigning champs, the Milwaukee Bucks, yesterday. And RJ Barrett is finally becoming the player that we all know he is and has become, averaging around 22 points a game this year, 45% uh, from the field. Still shooting numbers a little too low for me, around 38% from three. And he's shutting up all the haters, especially you, Jack. Honestly, this is a perfect set <laughs> for you. And Julius Randall, uh, he's had a couple struggles this year. He's looked like the uh, first-year Nick that we had with his ridiculous spin moves and everything. Um, but he looks like he'll be an all-star again. Uh, I'm really liking the Evan Fournier signing so far. He's way, way better than Bullock. And um, I'm still not a big fan of Mitchell Robinson as a player overall. I think He's he, been playing well, though. He's, he, not, right? he's, he's, been, he's been playing well, but I'm still thinking – the way Knicks fans talk about him, though, is like he is like a yeah. prime Dwight Howard, untouchable. Be an but good yeah, player. like I think we really could have used him last year in the playoffs against Trey. Well, especially with Trey Young going to the basket all those times. Mm-hmm. But I'm so happy that they're doing well. I honestly think they could be the two or three seed in the East this year. I mean, I know they, I know they were the four seed last year, but I think this team has the talent to compete with everybody, even the Nets and the Sixers and the Lakers and the Bucks. Um, what are your thoughts on the next Jack? Um, first to say what I do like. Um, yeah, you're right. RJ Barrett has been really good this year. Um, I don't know. I think all the, my criticism was fair on him. But whenever he, he had his struggles last year and his rookie year, Knicks fans would talk about him like he's on Jaws and Zion's level. He never was. But this year, you know, his shot has been great. His three-point shot. And that just opens up so much more for his game. So congrats to him. And uh, – yeah, regarding the team as a whole, I re- one thing I really like is the Kemba Walker, uh, Derrick Rose, like rotation that they got going. So Kemba usually starts the game, and you know he, Kemba he's been healthy this year, so he's actually been not bad. But then you'll see Rose close most of the games, which is I think a really good way to do it because Rose is a much better closer than Kemba. Rose is really good at controlling the game, slowing it down, getting those tough shots, and just the relationship Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker seem to have. Like Kemba was literally like, yeah, no. Rose is, Rose is the closer, and Rose is like, yeah, no, I'm the sixth man. Like, Kemba's starting. So neither of those players have, like, a selfish mindset. And I think that just works perfectly with this Knicks team as a whole because they just seem like a really unselfish team that, that they want to work together to win, which is unlike other teams where they have superstars who want to get their stats and their points for their incentives. And so that, that's what I really like about this Knicks team. That's what I like about them, too. I think that when you're a Knicks, obviously every team has fan favorites. But I think the Knicks are unique in that way where there's just certain guys that everybody just loves for no reason. I mean, not no reason, but like having two guys from New York and Kemba Walker and Obi Toppin, I think is just great culture for the Knicks. And uh, I do like I do like Fournier. I mean, Celtics fans are probably kicking themselves right now because uh, he did not. He's look, been playing very well for the Knicks. He did, not, he did not look like this last year on the Celtics. And the Celtics could use a player like him, honestly. Yeah, I think Kemba has been great for what he's been doing so far. I mean, I, I would, if he was Charlotte Hornets, Kemba, or whatever, the, Charlotte Bobcats, whatever he was Hornets, very good Hornets. on. Hornets, my bad. Um, the, I, I mean, obviously, that'd be most ideal, but like, I'll take for what he has now. Like, He loves playing in New York, went to Rice High School, played at UConn, now returning back to his hometown. And who knows, he may become a hero in New York this year if the Knicks can advance past the first round. Uh, he'll be loved forever, which I think is a real possibility. Um, I think it really depends on how well RJ Barrett plays because I think Julius Randle is, we know what he is now. Like he's, he's an all-star level player. He can give us 23 points a game. And lead, I think he can lead us to playoff victories now, now that he has some experience. So I think he's the X factor. And I think that all the pieces are in place. The coach is in place. All this depends now is are they consistent? And 
Looks like they will be. And the East is a lot better than people have been giving it credit for. I mean, the Heat look really good. The Raptors look very good all of a sudden. Like, this is not the Heat least, as some people have been calling them the past couple of years. And I think the West is very top-heavy. There's certain couple of teams. That's where I want to get into now. Jack, are the Lakers legit to you? Uh, not, not so far, no. Definitely not. I mean, they've lost two games to the Thunder. Like... And one, I know one of them, LeBron didn't play him, but like, I like Anthony Davis. People tell me he's a top ten player in the league. Russell Westbrook. People tell me he's still a superstar, which I don't think he is. But if he if he supposedly is, then how are you losing to the Thunder? Like, I, I don't know. I think just this team is really old. Um, I did pick them to go to the finals, but honestly, at this point, I wouldn't. I, I think I, I'll take the Warriors over the Lakers. Honestly, I'll take the Warriors. I'll take maybe the Suns. The Mavs have been good. Like just the war, the, the Lakers, they, they they scare me. And I think LeBron, his age is, he, LeBron's still he's still LeBron, but he can't carry a team anymore. And as we're seeing, he's injured right now, out for a week. Like these lingering injuries could catch up to him, like in these next three years, because he's what thirty eight now. Like that's what's gonna happen. That's what happens. Start happening to Kobe. That's that's what happens to players, even if they don't really have an injury past. When they get up in this age, they start having injuries, and I don't think. AD and Westbrook can carry them if LeBron is out. And I know how great Melo's been, but I mean, Melo's Melo. He, he just, he's just a scorer. He's not going to be there on defense. And I, I don't know. I, this Lakers team really scares me. I thought they would be better. I think they can still have the potential to pick it up later in the year because it's, it's a really weird team with a lot of different types of pieces. So hopefully they can figure it out in the months to come. But right now, no, they are not. I don't think they're legit. I think another team that they've been compared to the Nets are way more ready for like a finals run if playoffs were today that's one thing i think that you've been so right on for like pretty much has been the league is your anthony davis situation where you he is honestly he probably is a top 10 player in the league but he is very overrated in my opinion he cannot carry a team whatsoever like i've been i've heard things saying that like the lakers know it's ad's team not lebron like that's honestly laughable no. when, AD, when, no. when it's just lebron versus just ad it is that's completely ridiculous. different and AD's, I mean, he's not even that clutch, to be honest. Like, the only clutch shot he hit was in the bubble. Like, I can't remember him doing anything else great. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a second fiddle. He's, a, he's the second. He can be the second best player on the team. Yeah, like, he obviously, great, great player. I'd still consider him a superstar talent and everything, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't want him leading my teams. Uh, another thing I mean, with the, he led the Pelicans. He led the Pelicans for eight years, and they, they didn't do anything. So, yeah, you know, the you know what year- he is. Well, only time they were good is when DeMarcus Cousins was there, but then he got injured, and AD couldn't do anything after that. But uh, one thing, the only thing I'm really excited with the Lakers is Melo is averaging 17 points a game with 50% from three, shutting up all the haters. I just have to throw that in there. I really think that he's showing he could still play in the league at the right fit. And if the if the Lakers don't win the cha- – and if the Knicks don't win the championship, which is unlikely, um, which well, is very likely, I'm Mello to say. Is, I just have to say – I have to say, the thing with Melo is – on the on the on the Thunder and then on the Rockets, he wanted to still be a starter. He still wanted to be like a superstar, which he wasn't, which he isn't now. That's why since he's accepted his role with like last year with the Trailblazers and this year with the Lakers, he yeah, he can still play. The thing everyone was hating on him on the Thunder and the Rockets was because he thought like, Yeah, I can I can be the second guy to Harden. Yeah, no, I on this on this uh, Thunder team, like yeah, it's Paul the big three, me, me, Westbrook and Paul George, like, no, Metal, you should be like a sixth man coming off the bench. Like play 15 to 20 minutes a game, he should not be one of the the main guys on the team, which he's not right now, which is why he's been so effective. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. 
Yes, but I think I honestly think the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if they will. I think they're better than they were last year, so I think they'll make it past the first rounds, and God willing. Mm-hmm. But um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they're a second round exit again. At least what they're playing right now. I mean, they're two losses to the Thunder. The Thunder's only two wins this year, which is yeah. pretty unacceptable if you ask me. Like, I saw a shot on Thursday night or Friday morning when I woke up that Shea hit. He literally pulled it from the. Oh logo. my God! That, I mean, that was that was, a, crazy. That that was that. a heck of a shot. I was like. Like Shea Gillis Alexander, not enough people are talking about how good he's gonna be and still is now. But you, if you're LeBron, you, and I don't know how you could be on a team allowing that. Like I'd be livid if I if that was me. Yeah, I mean, then again, it, it is early. Obviously, it's not like the regular season. All teams are different in the playoffs. But just going off what we see right now, like the Lakers, you know, that it's not promising. And I was never a fan of the Westbrook acquisition, and I, I, I don't know how that. I don't, LeBron's gonna have to do LeBron type of things if he's gonna make that Westbrook thing work. Yeah, uh, talk about early in the season. A main talking point through NBA, through NBA Twitter, Instagram, and circles is players are shooting significantly worse to start the year. And some of them, it's pretty like alarming. I think Trey Young shooting like thirty three percent from three. Michael Porter Jr. is averaging like an abysmal ten points a game, and such. And uh, there's a conspiracy theory going out now that it's the reason because the NBA switched basketballs to Wilson. And when I was started reading about this, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I've honestly ever heard. The basketball is the reason you're shooting bad. No, if you can if you can play basketball, you can shoot with any basketball. I think that right now it's just there's only about eight to nine games being played, and I think that's why the numbers are so low. Once we get to the 20, 30 uh, game mark, we're going to start to see numbers pick up. But, Jack, what do you think about this whole conspiracy thing that the basketball is the reason guys are shooting so bad? I mean, I'm no shooting expert, but um, yeah, I know maybe the percentages are just lower, and maybe it also has to do with, um, you know, this this new rule change that the NBA has implemented this year. With you can't if you're if you're on offense, you can't throw yourself into def- into a defender, and if you do that, it's going to be called an offensive foul. So that seems to have gotten into some players' heads, Trey Young, like James Harden, like Devin Booker. So maybe just that carryover has been to the three point shot because they're a little bit more uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know. It could be a million different things. I think players just shooting a little worse because maybe it's a combination of the basketball. Maybe it's a combination of this new rule change. Maybe it's a combination of, I don't know, new season, slow start. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's just a ridiculous point. I think these guys are – these NBA players are so good and they adjust to so many different things that – Yeah, I mean, Steph, Steph Curry's been fine, so I, can't, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I don't think well, – I would Trey Young just not be fine too because Trey Young's – yeah. he's on the level of shooting Steph Curry is at this point. They're not, yeah. not career-wise, but just talent. So I think everybody will be fine. I just I thought that was a ridiculous point that, pe- uh, I, that people were talking about and the fact that it's being aired on all these mainstream networks is pretty uh, crazy to me, but uh, we've seen what those guys say, so can't be surprised exactly. anymore. Exactly. Jack, you went to the Boston Celtics game the other day, and uh, you sent me a I text did. saying that the Celtics are toast at this point. Can you give me your thoughts on what you saw from them? So, yeah, I was at the Celtics game at TD Garden uh, this past Monday. They played the Toronto Raptors. and Oh, no, excuse me, Chicago Bulls. Sorry, I went to a preseason game versus the Raptors. Uh, this past Monday it was uh, Chicago Bulls, and Celtics were up by, like, 15, 17 points, heading into the fourth quarter. It looked like they had complete control. And then all of a sudden, they just the Bulls go on like a 38 to seven run or something absurd like that, like the, one of the biggest runs like we've ever seen in the league history. And the Celtics just literally could not make a shot in the fourth quarter. Tatum and Brown completely got locked up, couldn't hit a thing after they've been carrying the team for most of the game. And what what is crazy about this game is 
afterwards, like Marcus Smart, the post-game press conference, literally called out Tatum and Brown saying they need to learn how to pass the ball, which, I mean, Marcus Smart, okay, I think you just want to shoot a little bit more. But Tatum mm-hmm. and Brown are your, are your, is your franchise. Like, like, they'll make mistakes, but they're not the sole reason you guys lost this game. And so, yeah, after watching that game and after watching the past few Celtics games before that, I don't know, they got this new coach, Ime Aduka, who I was really high on. I thought the Celtics could have a really good year this year. But so far, I mean, it, they haven't been great. But, of course, after right after that, those smart comments happen, Celtics have a players-only meeting, and they've won their past two games. So, I mean, as, as I've said, season is short so far. So a lot of things could change. But right now, the Celtics, they, if they want to win a championship, I think they need to get a third star, like Beal or someone like that. Just these two players, it's not enough. I think Bradley Beal would be like the perfect fit for the Celtics. Amazing, amazing shooter. Honestly, one of the best in the league and can distribute and create for himself. But I still don't think – I mean, honestly, I think they can compete with like the Nets if they have Bradley Beal. But I don't see the Celtics be willing to trade for him. They haven't been really to, been willing to make a big trade pretty much ever besides for Kyrie Irving. So, And Brad Stevens is still – has been in the organization with all these assets forever, so I don't see him changing his but mind maybe, now. okay – it's been Danny Ainge as the, the GM, and now it's Brad Stevens. So maybe we could see Brad Stevens make a move because this is his first year on the job. But I just do think it's unlikely. I think Celtics, they're kind of like content with being like in the five to seven seed range. But that's yeah. what they've been for a while until at least since they had Isaiah Thomas. So this is what I'm, it is. I've never been a big high on Brad Stevens. I thought he was very overrated. And yeah, I, well, I, I don't not see – no longer the coach. Not, but I don't see his uh, – his expertise all of a sudden as a president of basketball operations. I mm-hmm. think that was a very Boston Celtics move. They don't really like to move on from stuff, as we've seen. That's kind of been the history of their franchise. It kind of guys like Red Arbuck. I mean, he was a legend, but he was the coach forever at one point. Mm-hmm. And like Bill Russell, so I'm not playing for any other coach. And they've kind of kept that trajectory on of our guys are our guys, which you got to respect the loyalty. But at some point, I think you got to move on. Almost like the Giants with Elon Manning, like just yeah. kept them in there forever. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a good bit about the NBA, but CP, I know you're definitely really interested in college basketball, which so am I. I can't wait for the season to start. So what are like the biggest things you're most excited for this upcoming college basketball season? This upcoming college basketball season, my I have two things I'm really excited to see now that we're in college and you know, at Indiana. I'm beyond excited to see Big the basketball school tradition of IU basketball with the return of I didn't even know at the time, but legend Mike Woodson was a star player here. Uh, under Bobby Knight and is now the head mm-hmm. coach was the head coach of my New York Knicks. Well, have you seen have you seen Mike Woodson at all walking around campus? I have you not seen Mike that? Woodson once walking around campus. I've seen has Don anyone? And, no, I've never heard anybody see him. Yeah. I've I've heard of people seeing Don Fife, who is I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but he's the associate coach to Mike Woodson. He okay. was an IU legend in 2002. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think when they lost to Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, in the championship. But I've seen many players walking around. I've seen Trace Jackson Davis outside my dorm oh, room. That's cool. I've seen Miller Cop multiple times, who was just a transfer from Northwestern. Uh, I've seen Anthony Leal, who will be a great player. And I've seen Logan Duncom, who's a freshman on the team here. Really, really nice guy, actually. A lot of people have met him. Uh, seems, seems really friendly. I said what's up to him, and he was like, oh, hey, what's up? Which is cool to me, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing about being in college. We can see all these players, these coaches, you know, go to games really easily. Yeah. You can really I mean, be in the environment and have a whole new perspective on the sport. I mean, my room is right across the street from Assembly Hall, which is where some of the greatest moments in college basketball have ever been. But back to my two biggest things, I'm really excited to watch Indiana basketball play and see the tradition that goes on here. 
And I'm very excited, as I'm sure a lot of people, especially in our area, are to see Adrian Griffin Jr. suit up for the Duke Blue Devils this season. Uh, Jack and I have been following him since his freshman year at Stefanak when he was only 14 years old playing varsity. And I think you could pretty much tell at that point, like, this guy was legit. He, we knew, honestly, he could be an NBA draft prospect. And to see him develop the way he has, it's honestly pretty incredible. Like, we watched every step of his growth. And now he's this 6'7", 220-pound. Honestly, you call him a sharpshooter, small forward, playing for the Duke Blue Devils, the most premier college basketball team. And Duke is ranked very highly to start the year. They ranked ninth with a team loaded on mostly freshmen in uh, Coach K's last season. And honestly, is very bittersweet because I know a lot of people, everybody hates Duke, the big bad uh, Duke over there. But he, a legend in basketball is leaving the game after this year. So I think this is I think this is almost like a Zion level type team. If you look at the talent he has coming in, AJ Griffin, Paulo Bancardo, uh, a bunch of other freshmen who are five stars, uh, all all around the, uh, our area, the New York metropolitan area in Jersey too. So it's honestly it's going to be pretty incredible. I expect him if he can stay healthy to be contending for the number one pick. I think the type of talent he is is pretty insane. He's still growing. Uh, I read an article saying, and he'll only be 18 years old when he makes NBA debut. Uh, you really can't beat it. He honestly, he's young enough right now to still be a senior in high school, and he has he didn't even play his senior year because of injury. So that's constantly the big question mark: Will he be able to stay healthy? But if he'll stay healthy, I really see almost like a one and done legend type season for him. And not only him as a whole, but his teammate Paul Bancaro is also the running for the number one pick. Another comment I or another not comment, but thing I noticed was if you look at the NBA mock drafts, a lot of the guys who are projected to go in the top or first round, top top ten lottery picks, uh, most of them come from teams that are ranked very highly, and a lot of them are freshmen, which is something we haven't seen in the past couple of years. We've seen a lot of March Madness teams be teams full of seniors, but this year the freshmen are running the show. I mean, if you look at the the number one pick projected is Chet Holmgren and or Holmgren, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, out of Gonzaga, who's ranked number one, number two, Ben Curl, number three is Jaden Hardy, but he, he's with the G League Knight, Jalen Dern, who reclassed at Memphis, will be playing with uh, Amani Bates, who's the, I think they rated him the best prospect since Kevin Durant out of high school, that's his player comparison, which, I mean, that's kind of a big task to name someone uh, the best prospect, best prospect since Kevin Durant, but definitely a player to watch, and the, the team is just, uh, the the mock drafts are just full of guys who play on really good teams in college. So I think it'll be a really uh, great season to watch, and I couldn't be any more excited. Jack, do you, what are you looking forward to in this college basketball season? Um, I mean, you talked about AJ. Like, yeah, as you said, the biggest thing for him, not, not get injured. Like, I feel like his whole high school career, like, as great as it was, it's kind of brought down a little bit by injuries. It seems like, it seems like every year there's just an injury that he was recovering from, or from the offseason or something like that. And, um, yeah, I just think knowing him, like, it's an injury I feel like is more likely than not to happen. But if he manages to stay healthy, the sky's honestly the limit because we've seen what he could do. He's, he's crazy athleticism, three-point shot, like, sharpshooter, as you said. He can drive. He can, he can play make. Like, he can do it all. So definitely really excited about him. And, um, yeah, as you said, Chet Holgram, um, he aimed at – him met Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga just what made a huge run last year in the tournament. Yeah, lost um, the I championship, think, but have had a perfect season. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Chet's the one who could put, put them over put them over the hump. But I have a question for you. So um, a lot of people say like Duke 
always overrated with all these freshmen that they have. But they, they never really make a deep run tournament. I think with Zion, they lost in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Do you think this year with this freshman class that they can actually make a run? Or it's just going to be the same old story where they lose in one of their early rounds in the tournament? No, I think they can. I think they could make it to the championship and win. Coach K's, Coach K's last year. I mean, what the, not, that'll be quite the story. Not not just as last year, but like if you look at the freshman combination that they have, it's it's Paulo Bancaro, Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy Rhodes is a sophomore, but he was a five star. Joey Baker, who's a senior, who was a part of that, who was a five star of that Zion team. I don't think people realize that. Unlike that Zion team, they have experience on this new team. They have Wendell Moore, who was a former five-star, who stayed in college for three years at this point because he realized he wasn't good enough to go to the NBA. You have guys who've swallowed their pride and ready to come back. Mark Williams, who he was a four-star last year. They might have been a uh, low five-star, but um, he's coming back. And every, everyone is, everyone's super excited to play. And I think when you when your coach is his last season and – and uh, such a legend as Coach K, I think that everyone's going to have a chip on the shoulder that we're going to prove everybody wrong and go as far as we possibly can. So, And not only AJ, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see RJ Davis, who was just named captain, uh, AJ's oh, yeah. former college teammate. Cool. De- def- the Duke UNC, the, honestly, some people say the biggest rivalry in all of sports. So definitely uh, definitely another uh, person and uh, topic I want to keep my eye on. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for, even though I'm here at Boston College, I'm definitely rooting for Duke just because of AJ, obviously. Um, and I can't wait to watch him play when Duke visits Chestnut Hill on February 12th. I will be there and ready to watch AJ play for the first time in person in almost two years, I think. Yeah, so about two years. Yeah. Hold a sign saying, I watched you at Stepanak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to go up to him and be like, what's up? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jack, uh, it's been a long time since we recorded, but uh, I had a great talking with you today. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, more episodes of the timeout looking to get a more consistent upload schedule now, but uh, I'm excited for a big season of sports in general. Of course. Of course. Uh, So CP great talking to you. See you next time.